We're kicking off a new series, uh, Top Gear, and we're going to talk about a gear that I believe keeps us running, keeps those engines in our life running, and keeps us vital, kind of keeps us performing at a peak level. You know, it's a gear that allows us to kind of navigate those hairpin turns in life, maneuver through some of the obstacles that, that we face. And I believe it's a gear that is critical to us successfully finishing the race that's been set before each of us. Unfortunately, it's a gear that I believe our modern culture has kind of relegated to secondary. In fact, in some cases, I believe that a lot of people look at it and believe it's kind of optional equipment. Take or leave it. It's a gear that we absolutely want other people to operate with. And it's called character. It's a gear of character. I mean, we want everyone that we live with, everyone that we work with, everyone that we do business with to perform at Top Gear when it comes to character. That's what we want from them. But here's the deal. When it comes to character in our own lives, if we're not Top Gear, we're okay with that. I mean, we, we kind of justify the malfunctioning. We justify the fact that we shift gears in that particular area. But if we're honest with one another, I am a lot more bothered by your slippage in character than my slippage in character. And then you're thinking the same thing, right? I mean, that's how we operate. I, I think it's why that so many people are entertained when it comes to the flaws of other people. I mean, you see it in magazines, tabloids, on talk shows. In fact, talk radio, the core of it, really has to do with that, pointing fingers at someone else. Even the news, which really isn't the news anymore, kind of covers it. You know, a lot of bashing, a lot of shredding. We we tear people apart for their lack of character. And friends, I'll tell you, as many times as I've listened to the radio or watched a show that kind of shredded someone on this, I have never walked away from that show motivated to shift gears and do something about my character. See, I think we easily get stirred up when it's other people's lack of character. But in all honesty, we're quite apathetic about our own lack of character. See, character is something that, that we value. Character is something that we expect from all the people around us. And in fact, we're very disappointed if someone that we love exhibits a uh, a slippage when it comes to character. Your lack of character motivates me to do something about you. As a parent, how many parents we got here? I mean, we, as parents, we are highly motivated to stamp out character flaws in our children. As a grandparent, it's the same thing for me as a grandparent with my grandkids. Some of you right now, as I'm talking, 
you are very motivated to get rid of the character flaws in your spouse, in a coworker that you work with, with an employee. But if my character is not top gear, eh, oh well. We are rarely motivated to do anything about ourselves. And I think part of the problem, and I've tried to think through this a little bit, is let's just suppose that today we get fired up and we say, you know what, I want top gear character in my life. So we leave here today and, and you go, well, where do I go? You know, I mean, what website do you visit? What seminar do you go to? What class do you take? What, what book do you pick up? I mean, where do you turn if you want to take your character to a new place? If, if we all wanted to look better, I mean, you guys are good looking, but if we wanted to look better, there are hundreds of places we could go, right? There are places we could go to uh, improve our bodies, to improve our, our clothing, our hair, our skin, our face, even your feet. If you wanted your feet to look better, wow. There's a whole industry that's built around this stuff on how to look better outside. But where do you go if you want to raise the character quotient in your life? I mean, if you want to develop a skill, got any golfers here? All right. Softball. I know we've got some softball players, basketball players. If you're a cook, a photographer, uh, if you want to be a better speaker, you, anything that has to do with a skill, there are volumes of things that you can read. There are places you could go. You could sign up for a school, a, a camp, a seminar. There are all kinds of things that you could do to develop. In fact, you pick an area, and there are people that are focused on that area. There are whole industries built on, on whatever topic you want to throw out there. But character, when it comes to character, that's not the case. And it's not because we don't think it's important. Do you know why there's no industry for character? Because none of us would go. None of us would sign up for it. Now, here's the deal. Don't nudge anybody, okay? If we could force other people to go, it'd be a huge industry. We would send our husbands. We would send our wives. We would send our kids. We would get our boss and say, you need to go, man. You need to go. Get a coworker. You need to go learn about character. If you have an employee, you'd go, go learn about character. But we don't do that. And I, I want to get a little bit philosophical. See, we believe in character. How many of you believe in character? We believe in achievement. We believe in fulfillment. But in our daily routine, I believe it's very easy to prioritize achievement, fulfillment, and put it over the top of character especially in our society. It is easy to shift gears in this area. And when you do that, when you make that shift, a new ethic emerges. It emerges in our lives, in our families, in our society. And the fact is, 
that new ethic screams. It says right is defined by progress. Right is defined by advancement. Right, it's defined in whatever moves me in the direction that I want to go. Wrong? The wrong stuff keeps me from moving forward. The wrong stuff keeps me from making progress. For instance, uh, let's take college, for instance. The goal of college is to what? Graduate. Progression is graduation. Therefore, if I cheat, it's a means to an end. So what do, what do I want to do? I want to graduate. Let's just say you go back to, to the dorm or you know, you're hanging out in the frat house or sorority house or whatever. You're sitting around with some of your friends. And you talk about the fact, hey, you know, I cheated. And I cheated by getting a copy of the test. It would be very rare in these days for someone to go, you know, you shouldn't have done that. In fact, I would argue it'd be more likely someone would go, wow, can I get a copy? Why? Because the goal is graduation. I believe in character, I believe in achievement, but when push comes to shove, achievement is the top gear in our society. It's why people can uh, like steal an idea at work. And they do it, and they don't even think about it. They, they kind of present the idea as their own, and inside you're going, well, how, how could you do that? Well, friends, I'll tell you how, because advancement and achievement is the top gear. They're operating with a new ethic that has kind of taken over in our country. You know, maybe some of you right now, you're thinking, okay, Damon, well, real easy for you to talk about character and all that. You work in a church and everybody's got halos on and it's just, which they don't, by the way. But you think, well, it's easy for you to talk about character. But the people I work with, they think about progress. More raises, more money, more power, more, more, more. They, they do whatever it takes. In fact, when I go into work, it's dog eat dog. And so, Damon, for, for me to go to work and go into my environment won't work. Just won't work. And friends, I hear it all the time. All the time. And here's the challenge, I believe. As a Christian, at some point in your walk with God, you have to decide, am I going to continue to go the way of this world and the way that culture's going? Or am I going to do what's right and godly, regardless of what it costs me. Friends, I have sat with many people through the years. That they'll come in to talk to me. They're struggling at their vocation. And they're, they're talking about some of the things they're uncomfortable with or some of the compromises and stuff. And when they get through, 
I'll say, you need to get a different job. And, and here's what I hear back most of the time. Where else can I go and make this much money? See, character's important. Otherwise, they wouldn't have even bothered calling me and having a conversation about it. But friends, the reality is, achievement is top gear. It's more important. And friends, when character takes a back seat to fulfillment, to achievement, when, when we shift gears with this one, the ethics change. The morality changes. I would argue everything changes at that point. And friends, this isn't some ugly word that's way out there and doesn't touch our lives. It is in the world that we live in every day. Christians, the way they express this this new ethic, I hear this a lot these days, but doesn't God want me to be happy? I mean, I I know that I shouldn't leave my spouse. I know that I I shouldn't be in this relationship. I know that I shouldn't do this or, or that. People say, well, I know that the Bible says, but doesn't God want me to be happy? Friends, when accomplishment, when fulfillment take precedence over character... You know what happens? It always happens. There is breakdown relationally. And I believe we're paying for it as a society. We're paying for it in our homes, in our marriages, in our friendships, in every area of our life. We are paying and paying big. Now, don't raise your hand on this. How many of you have ever tried to run your car without any oil in it? Teenagers, it doesn't, doesn't work, okay? <laughs> I mean, it'll work for just a little while. These are pretty cool cars, right? Some of you, it's took you back in time, and you know, I've had the great debate back in the back, which one they wanted to drive and all that. It uh, doesn't take much to get guys revved up on and show them a few cars, but um, these cars have some serious engines in them. They got a lot of parts in them. And if I was to go in and take one of the engines apart, we'd find like pistons and rods and shafts. That's what they told me. I don't know. I don't know nothing about engines. But they're parts that are designed to work together. But if there's no oil... Eventually, these parts, as good as they are, and as how they're supposed to function together, if you take the oil out, friction begins to build, and heat begins to build, and the parts will destroy each other. It'll eventually grind these cars to a stop. They won't work. Character is the oil in all of our relationships. It's what allow men and women who are perfectly fitted for each other to run in that top gear for a lifetime. But you extract the oil, 
any relationship, I don't care what the relationship is, no matter how perfect it is, no matter how compatible they are, no matter how promising it may be, without oil of character, they eventually break down. They always break down. It's true in marriage. It's true in friendships. It's true in a business relationship. It's true in the church. You're dating someone, it's true in a dating relationship. You find me in an environment where character is secondary in one or more of the individuals, and I'll show you a relationship that will break down. You know, show me an organization that is led by a manager or a president or a CEO, and if they don't have character... I will show you, employees, that the only reason they stay in that position and in that job is for a paycheck. In fact, most are looking for options, looking for a way out. Show me a marriage where the husband or the the wife lack character, where they're not pursuing character in their relationship, and I will show you a family that is full of friction, that will eventually break down at some point because character keeps the engine running. And I think about our society. We are accomplishing more than anybody could have ever imagined. We're we're accomplishing more than you could have dreamed 50 years ago. I mean, it was just blown away. I think about all the changes in our world. And people are temporarily fulfilled little by little. And yet, there's this great struggle today to maintain relationships. And I want to track it back to character. You know, I think God looks down and goes, you know, I have a solution for a lot of these problems. You can can have achievement, that's fine. You can find fulfillment, that's fine. But make character the top gear. In your life. And I want to give a definition of character, and we're going to carry this through, through this series. But character is the commitment to do what is right regardless of the cost. You know, when character's top gear, I'm going to do what's right, no matter what the consequence. If I, if I lose my job, If I lose credit, if I lose money, if I lose recognition, it does not matter. Bottom line, I'm going to do the right thing. The Apostle Paul, he's pressing on this a little bit. He writes in Colossians, he says, Be careful not to let anyone rob you of your faith through a shallow and misleading philosophy. There's a lot of that going around these days. Such a person follows human tradition and the world's way of doing things rather than following Christ. See, as a Christian, I want to add something to our definition because I I do not believe that we have the option to determine what is right ourselves. And so I would add this. Character is the commitment to do what is right as God defines right regardless of the cost. Not as I define it, not as society defines it, but as God defines right. And I know as I say that, this is going to be tough for some of you 
Some of you that come out of a, a um, educational background or a democracy orientation. Because what we've been taught is when it comes to absolutes, there are no absolutes. And so when someone broaches the topic uh, of God and that God has laid out laws or, or rules, the modern response is, eh, rules aren't really for me. And so most in our society find it very strange that anyone would submit themselves to a group of, of rules or laws that they don't get a vote on or they don't get to elect or evaluate or choose. Now, we love to run into people and have relationships with people that live by rules. You know why? Because they're predictable. Because they're dependable. Because they are trustworthy. Why? Because they're going to do what's right. And there's really two components to the definition that I gave you a minute ago that I think you're going to have to buy into. I mean, you don't have to buy into it today, but as we kind of move through this series. And the first is, there is a standard of right and wrong that is outside of you. It impacts the way that you live your life. In order to, to be, have character, be that top gear, in order for you to be a man or woman of character, as God defines character, as we're going to see through, through Scripture through this series, you've got to come to a place where you are willing to submit yourself to a group of rules, group of laws, a system of right and wrong that you had absolutely no input into. You didn't get a vote on. Yet make no mistake, God holds us accountable to them. And here's the second thing that you're going to have to come to terms with at some point. Character is the commitment to do right to do the right thing, the godly thing, not because of some benefit you're going to get or some consequence you'll have to face, but because it's right. So, so many times when we'll talk about a topic, people go, well, what's in it for me? You know, what's the reward? You know, God, what am I going to get out of this? And that top gear person, they just say, you know what? I'm going to do what's right because it's right, period. That's kind of unique, isn't it, in our society? I want you to imagine how many married people we got here today. All right. All right. I want you to imagine that we have two people, two people that have an opportunity to have an affair. So person A, person A decides, you know what? Not going to have an affair. Not going to do it. Because I might get caught. I mean, not going to do it because well, what would my kids think if they found out? Or what would happen to the family? And so they make that decision and they feel pretty good about it. All right? So that's person A. 
Now, person B, person B says, I'm not going to have an affair because it's wrong. And even if I knew that I absolutely would not get caught, I'm still not going to do it. Now, which one do you want to be married to? Pretty easy, isn't it? I mean, they're not going to do it because they're, it's not because they're afraid of getting caught. It's not even because of any consequences. They're just not going to do it because it's wrong. And that is the nature or that is the essence of character that I want to talk about. You know, that kind of character, I believe, is where God wants us to operate from. That is top gear character. When you just say, you know what, it's not even on the radar. What, what's that look like? Well, I, I, I think that top gear character, honesty, is paramount, first of all. You know, the Proverbs 11.1, one, it says, the Lord detests honest, dishonest scales. Now, how many of you have ever tried to weigh yourself in a public, public area, like maybe at the store or in the gym or something like that? You ever done that? I mean, I'll give you a few hints. If you're ever going to do that, you look around first, see if anybody's looking. You step up on the scales. I always hope I don't hear, one at a time, please, you know. But I had a friend, that's what he always said. He'd say that's what the scale always said when he got on it. But anyway, a couple of years ago, I was on vacation, and I got on a scale... And the scale said I was a, weighed a lot less than I know I weigh. I wanted to buy the scale and take it home. <laughs> but why did I want it? Well, it made me weigh less. I liked, I liked seeing the number. We like that kind of a dishonest scale sometimes. How many of you have ever bought a piece of clothing because it was marked wrong? And so you, you're going, well, this really isn't my color. Don't really like the shirt, but look at what the tag says on it. Now I'm going to buy this. See, we like dishonesty sometimes, especially when it benefits us. And here's what, what God says. The, the kind of scales that he's talking about here, he's referring to is when... In that day, they would uh, take a, a different stones that weighed different amounts, but they were exact amounts. And so if you were buying something, they, they would use the, these stones and they'd put it on a balancing scale. And so you're making a purchase and you would put silver on one side and the merchant would put a stone on the other side and try and get it to balance out. Dishonest merchants would get rid of the stones they were supposed to use, and they'd get a little heavier stone, just a little bit, so that when they put it down, what they would do, they got a little more silver from you. Scripture says that kind of dishonesty, God can't stand it. It says, but delights in accurate weights. Delights in that. I want you to imagine for a moment your like in your room, maybe at work, sitting at your desk, or maybe at home, and you see someone, someone that you delight in. Hopefully it's somebody you're supposed to delight in, by the way. But you, what happens in that moment? I mean, 
your, your face kind of lights up. Your countenance usually changes. You focus in. That's delight. And here's what I want you to think about. Wouldn't it be great if God delighted in you? M- most of us don't even think God likes us. I hear people all the time that go, oh, I know he loves us, but, and sure, Jesus died on the cross for us, but I was kind of included as part of the whole world thing, you know. I'm probably not God's favorite. Anybody ever feel like that in your life? Part of Top Gear character that we're talking about is committing ourselves to honesty even when we don't have to. All right, And it's committing and being honest when nobody's looking, when it costs you something. You're doing it just because it's the right thing, the godly thing. And the Bible sort of paints this picture that God lights up when you do that. God's face changes. God delights in men and women who have that kind of honesty in their life. Top Gear character is not only uh, being honest, but I believe it's also being humble. You know, Scripture goes on and says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes what? Wisdom. Anybody want to be wise? I mean, who wants to be able to make wise relational decisions? Who wants to be able to make wise financial decisions? Who wants to be able to make wise vocational decisions? You name a category. And I believe everybody in this room would say, you know what, I want to be wise when I make a decision. We love that inside track. We we love being able to feel assured of, of making a decision and knowing that it's right. God says, I give wisdom to the humble. You know what humility is? Humility, it's viewing myself, it's viewing my achievements, everything that I do through the lens of who God is. You know, when we view ourselves, when we view our achievements through that lens, what happens is you become humble because you realize God's, God's involved in it. I mean, when we place our lives under God's authority, When you can say, you're God, I'm not. Your will, not my will, be done. That's top gear stuff there. You want to become a good decision maker? Become humble. Start viewing everything through the lens of God and who God is. You know, put God first in whatever area. You know, when you you commit yourself to to honesty, when you start viewing your life through that lens of who God is, Scripture says that kind of top gear, when it comes to character, it will guide you. It will guide you. It says the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Do you know probably one of the top questions I get asked as a pastor from from people when I kind of shake it out? I mean, the questions are different, but they all come back to a very common, common theme. People will say, how do I know what God wants me to do? 
You know, for instance, how do I know what God wants me to do? I'm, I'm, I'm dating him, I'm dating her. How do I know that they're the one that God wants me to marry? How do I know that this is the right college for me or the right job? How do I know which one to, to buy? How do I know whether I should stay or go? You know, how do I know this or that? And just pick your poison here. See, I, I think Christians have made this terribly complicated. It's become this kind of mythical uh, kind, of, kind of thing. It's very mystical in our lives. But we're to get alone, get quiet, and say, okay, God, speak to me. Here's my question. Can't figure it out. And then you go through this process where, where you're thinking. You go, was, was that God? Not sure that was God. I don't know if it was God. And so we try it again. And God, I think, is saying, look, I'll make this really easy for you. You focus on developing character in your life. You make character top gear in your life. And through character, through integrity, I will guide you. Did you catch the the verse there? The integrity of the upright guides them. It gives them a a path. In fact, it's been my observation that men and women that are pursuing and operating with character as a top gear in their life, they have a much easier time making decisions, making good decisions. The fact is they don't struggle like a lot of people do. Probably nine times out of ten. God's will, it is found by simply pursuing character as defined by God in Scripture. You know, as you pursue, as you run after character, as you do what is right and godly, what happens is the details of where you're heading and where you're going become clearer and clearer. See, honest people, humble people, people of integrity, top gear people, they make good decisions. They sort problems out pretty well most of the time. God says, I want you to be a good decision maker. But you're not going to be a good decision maker if you're trying to make decisions in a vacuum or based on some willy-nilly scale that you've created in your life. You know, I think God would tell you he's not terribly concerned about half the decisions that we make. Like, he doesn't care where you go eat this afternoon, probably. But he is concerned, very concerned, about what's going on in here. In fact, I think God would challenge us to say, you know, I want to develop what's on the inside of you. And if I can develop what's inside of you, if I can develop the character, then the outside generally will take care of itself. It won't be so complicated. People that I know that that have the most difficulty making decisions, making good decisions, are usually men and women that have spent a long time running from God. Now, they may be in church every week, but in reality, they're running from from God. 
people that uh, kind of play by their own rules. People that they want the easy, the easy way. And what you will usually find is a history of just really bad decisions. Relational scars, wounds, just train wreck stuff. But at some point, they start going, you know, I want to get this on track. And so there's this, this period of almost fogginess, and it's not a punishment. I think that fogginess is what happens when we have lived so long apart from just purely running after character in our lives. Now, we can have a lot of uh, trophies in our life. We can have a lot of fulfillment memories in our life. But what happens is when we start trying to shift this gear, I think relationally, we're in a fog for a little while. Spiritually, we're in a fog just trying to figure out how to operate with a whole new gear. When it comes to character, I'll just be blunt. Too many in our culture are looking for a shortcut. We're looking for the type of character that does not cost anything. We're looking for some of the, the benefits or the rewards of character without having to do anything. Character easy. That is not character. It doesn't come that way. God says, I want you to live with character. It needs to be the top gear in your life. You know, God says, I want to be able to delight in who you are. I want you to be a wise person. I want your character to be such that your character, your integrity, that it guides you through life. And if it's going to happen, friends, I believe we've all got to be broken. You've got to shift gears and humbly submit yourself to God at some point. And just say, God, I want to do what is right, what's God-honoring. I will do it even if it costs me, even if I stand alone in our society, even if everyone laughs, even if I lose my job, even if I tank out. I don't care. I will do what's right. I will do what's godly. And here's a question for you to think about this week. If I were to survey, I'm not going to do this, by the way, But if I was to survey and go to the people that you spend the most time with, at work, at home, wherever, and I was to ask them about you, what would they say about you? I mean, would they say that it is more important to you to have character or achievement? To have character or fulfillment? I mean, what would they say? You know, would they, would they say, well, I've seen them walk away from deals. I've seen them walk away from money. I've seen them walk away from opportunities to maintain character. Or would they say, you know, when it gets right down to it, 
fulfillment, pleasure, gratification, push comes to shove, that's really the top gear for them. I mean, where are you with that? Now, I've got some good news and bad news today. Bad news first. You cannot come to church, shake a few hands, pray some magical prayer, and become a person of character. There's not a book you can go read, and all of a sudden you've got character. Character is a lifelong pursuit. It's a process. Now here's the good news. Regardless of how bad you've messed your life up, regardless of how much you know or don't know, regardless of how spiritual you may be or aren't, God will meet you where you are. And God will help you shift this gear. God will, will guide you. God will show you what is right through, through God's word, through, through the Bible, through his Holy Spirit. In fact, God's Spirit will also empower you to stand your ground and do what is right. God will help you develop top gear character. Now the psalmist says, examine me. Examine me, God, and know my mind. Test me, know my thoughts. See if there is any offensive tendency in me. And lead me in the eternal way, or life eternal. I want to invite you to to pray a very simple prayer that says, Lord, give me the wisdom to know what is right. As you define right, and the courage to do what's right, no matter what the cost you know, to pray something like that. And I want us to to pray this in unison together. Lord, give me the wisdom to know what is right as you define right and the courage to do what is right no matter what the cost. No matter what the cost. Next week, we're going to look at how to work with God to overhaul, because I think this this is a tough subject, but to overhaul that engine of character in our lives. Let's stand for a word of prayer. I'd remind you if after the service, uh, you know, you got something on your heart, maybe maybe got something going on in your life you need need prayer for, there'll be prayer teams down front to uh, pray with you. And um, you can tell them as little or as much as you want, uh, but uh, they'll be glad to pray with you. Let, let's bow in prayer. Our holy God, God, we, um, we just pray that... Uh, We'd make character top gear. God, that uh, we would pursue character in all of our relationships and what we do when we go to work, when we're at the gym or at the store or whatever, Lord, that um, we'd always be God-honoring. God, I know that... uh, All of us, there are times that uh, we've had slippage. Maybe nobody else caught it, but you did. God, I pray that uh, for those that that's a heavy burden, you just 
let them know. You'll wipe it clean and help them start again. God, I just uh, pray you would open our eyes, open our hearts, and our ears as we move through this uh, series. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. Not our will, but your will be done. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Let's worship.